hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling and thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 446, Where Have All the Good Men Gone? Where have all the good men gone? <laughs> I promise I won't sing anymore today. Ah, uh, in defense of being a man, today we'll be talking about what it actually takes to restore the balance of power. Now, this is going to be just a little bit different flavor here because there's been something brewing in the back of my mind for quite some time. It's been uh, stimulated recently by a conversation uh, that I had with my wife, partly from that, partly from observing the current trends in parenting that I think are just absolutely disastrous, and of course, uh, partly from the tsunami of political chaos that seems to be crashing upon the shores of our consciousness each and every day. Now, at first glance, one might not see the immediate connection between husband and wife dynamics and parent and child dynamics and public and government dynamics. But if you roll those relationships around in your head long enough, (laughs) there's something substantive. There's something very special that emerges. And I I was kind of groping for the way to phrase it, but to put it in just a few simple words, what I'm talking about is the gift of masculinity, the gift of being a man. It's good to be a man. Being a man is good. It's it's good and it's necessary. And today, I want to take a shot at, at explaining why this is. And I, I just want to start off with a little brief analysis, uh, personal analysis of husband and wife dynamics as recently played out within my very own home. Now, right up front, friends, uh, as I, before I get into this here, I want I want the readers and the listeners out there in the audience to know that my wife is my very best friend in the whole world. Uh, she's amazing. She's my editor-in-chief and all of that, but she, she will definitely be reading these words. So, lest you think, uh, you know, I'm just puffing this up a little bit, you know, the fact that my wife is going to be reading this, in fact, my daughter's probably going to read it too, it kind of rules out, you know, any of that macho, chest-pounding sort of embellishments that, you know, you know sometimes, sometimes that kind of stuff kind of slips out when men are talking with men. Right, but this report is. Oh man, I put that. Well, no, 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 no. This report is intended for all audiences. I believe that the role of men has been very intentionally marginalized. Men have been emasculated. Men have been portrayed as brutish and dumb, chastised for being insensitive. You know, we've been fed foods that lower our testosterone. And just generally speaking, men have had, you know, we've had our masculinity debased and eroded for decades. And just to point out the obvious, you know, that, that kind of coordinated and concerted attack obviously has not been by accident. Now, let's jump into the emotional story here. As it so happened, my my teenage daughter was recently having having an a, an emotional day, shall we say? As often does happen with teenage daughters, it kind of comes with a package. But you know, mom was very quick to emote sympathy. You know, and the conversation was this very sympathetic, and it was very quickly devolving into a pity party that was only reinforcing an unjustified emotional reaction 
to circumstances that really required no sympathy whatsoever. That's what I saw going on there. And so I listened for a moment very intently. I was trying to understand here. I want to make sure I'm not out of touch. And it was just kind of agonizing, but it was necessary to try to understand what had happened. And you know what? What's going on? What's driving these emotions? I want to listen. I want to be thoughtful and care, uh, you know, uh, not sympathetic, but compassionate, perhaps. I wanted to understand the dynamics at play. But as, as it happened, I'd kind of had enough, you know, and all at once I just slapped my hand down on the table and I said, stop. You know, I boorishly asserted enough is enough. Enough is enough. And it was startling. You know, both my, my daughter and my wife looked at me like, what the hell's wrong with you, you know? And some people might be, you know, inclined to say, well, that's being mean. You're being rude. You know, you're being insensitive. How obtuse, you, you brute, you know? <laughs> However, friends, nothing could be further from the truth. I was just being a man. I was being a dad. And in that moment, it was crystal clear to me that this gushing of sympathy, this emotional pity party was not, it was not, it was not what was best for my daughter or for my wife. Therefore, I had to interrupt the emotion. And I did. Now, you know, negative emotion feeds negative emotion. And, you know, in this particular instance, that's all that was happening. It, it doesn't, it, that, that doesn't help anybody, you know, just, oh, you feel bad, so I feel bad for you feeling bad, and then we all feel bad together. That's not helping anybody, okay? And it doesn't facilitate any sort of learning, and it really does nothing for emotional well-being, okay? I just want to be very clear on that. So it was coming from a place of compassion that I needed to interrupt the emotion, And the conversation that ensued was very sincere. It was a heart-to-heart with my daughter about the nature of things, you know, about the way life is and how life's not fair and how really nobody really cares about your feelings, okay, except for mom and dad. You know, the world's going to trample you. They're going to run right over the top of you. They don't give a damn about how you feel. That's the way the world works. Now, just to be clear here, you know, I want to you know, couch this just a little bit. You know, I uh, <clears throat> I can be as tender and compassionate as any mother on the planet could ever be. I have a very high EQ. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid of emotion, nor am I out of touch with other people's feelings. Least of all my own. I'm a very emotionally oriented guy. So you know, that said, I also understand that feelings are not the most important thing. I understand that feelings are fickle, feelings are fleeting, and feelings are very, very often misleading. And so if we don't learn how to evaluate and control our emotions and our feelings, if we don't teach our children to do the same, you know, then our emotions and our feelings are going to control us. If we don't teach our children how to control their emotions and feelings, they're going to be on an emotional roller coaster for the rest of their life, you know? So what happens when people don't evaluate and learn to control their emotions, it basically just results in a rapid descent into this uncontrollable, often hysterical, emotional mess. And I think, you know, we can see that happening everywhere all the time right now. Just one quick glance at society says, this is kind of the way things are today. And can't we agree that nobody is happy when they're caught up in an uncontrollable, historical, uh, hysterical, emotional mess? No one's happy when that happens. Okay, so the beauty in the story here actually came 
uh, from when my wife and I were debriefing, right? We have a family conversation, then later, you know, when the kids go to bed, well, we can talk it out and, you know, learn what, what we did good, what we could do better and all that. And in the debriefing, my wife thanks me for being a good dad. I don't think there's any greater compliment, you know? She thanked me for being the rock that helped ground the emotional situation into an unemotional, the unemotional logic of reality. So there's a swirling storm of emotions. And I stepped in, I interrupted the swirling storm to, you know, broadcast the public service announcement that, you know, you know, this is the reality of the situation. So grounding the emotion in the unemotional logic of reality. And as she was sharing this with me, she spoke of the flowing river of feminine emotion, right? That's her words, not mine there, but the flowing river of feminine emotions. And she used the metaphor of masculine energy acting as the riverbank, kind of guiding the course of the emotion. And I think that metaphor, it really applies to all areas of life. So let's just go ahead and roll this into the parenting priority, okay? I, I, I think, you know, our generation, you know, Gen Xers and those coming after have pretty much dropped the ball in the parenting department. Which interesting to me is that pretty much every parent ha- that I have ever talked to, you know, they all say they want what's best for their kid. Ironically, of course, you know, in the vast majority of cases, the actions taken by parents today in modern society basically produce the opposite results. Rather than getting a healthy, well-adjusted, you know, emotionally balanced child, we get the opposite, okay? Rather than rearing well-adjusted, emotionally balanced uh, kids, what parents today seem to be doing is catering to the whims of the child, gushing sympathy, you know, justifying all the childish emotions and instilling in their children the distorted expectation that the whole world revolves around their feelings. That's just not the way that it is. It's completely incongruent with reality. And in fact, it has absolutely dire consequences for society. Okay? By parents dropping the ball... It's oh, it's gonna it's going to play out. It has to play out. Okay. Now you think about it like this: whenever you see a kid throwing a hysterical fit in the store, you know what's the most common response? Oh, honey, do you want this? Oh, 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 do you want that? Oh, oh, honey, do you want this? Right? And what's the kid? I don't want that. I don't want that. You throw pushing it away and all that. A lot of parents now they can't even take their kids to the store. So it's kind of nice to see less kids sometimes, but it's kind of sad at the same time because you know kids used to go to the store and be happy and well adjusted, but not anymore. You know, most often, oh honey, you want this? Uh, you know, all this appeasing the child's emotional outburst, uncontrollable emotional hysteria, and then the child just responds with an escalating, you know, uncontrollable emotions, right? So in reality. Honey, do you want this? Honey, you want that? You know, an immature child does not know what he or she really wants or needs. That I state as a fact. It is it is foolish to think that offering a screaming brat some candy to save face in a public place is solving anything, right? It's not. That's just not the way the world works. And thus, this... This appeasement is teaching the child, very wrongly teaching the child, that by throwing a fit, they can get whatever they want. And again, you know, the kid doesn't really know what they want. But just to cut to the chase here, you know, what a kid wants is they want structure. They want boundaries. They want predictability. 
because these are the prerequisites necessary for children to thrive. Also, prerequisites necessary for us to thrive as adults and for society to thrive as a whole. Structure and boundaries are part of the natural order of things. Look at the breakdown in the inner cities right now, and you'll see the opposite, right? Uh, there's, there is no structure. There are no boundaries. Do whatever you want. You know, shit on the sidewalk. So what? You know, throwing a fit and getting your way, stamping your feet, you know, uh, that's not really the way the world works. It, it descends into chaos. And yet, you know, you think about back to the kid example for a second. When I see kids like that, what I think is that, Underneath all of that, you know, beneath the surface level emotions, what I see is a young heart crying out, seeking order amidst the chaos. And I see that in society at large as well. You know, in the child's case, you know, it's, it's the budding of a young spirit seeking truth, you know, a young spirit sorting out the way things are. And you know what? A lot of people never really truly mature emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because they've never been taught how. So, you know, now then, <laughs> you know, much like men uh, have been under deliberate attack, so too has par- parental authority in general. The state has been trying to undermine that. But more specifically, moms, mothers have been horribly disempowered. They've been taught all sorts of garbage pop psychology. They've been trained to let their children just run amok as if this woke new age parenting is somehow superior or in the best interest of their children. It's not. Clearly, it's not. And I believe that fact is self-evident for anyone who doesn't have their head buried up their ass. But for the sake of brevity, and just to keep the focus on the importance of men today, it's a manly day today, uh, I think the worst aspect of the corruption of parenthood, which, by the way, is driven by subversive Marxist ideology, the worst aspect of it is the disparaging of fathers. It's pushing fathers out of the equation, as if mother knows best, mother knows best, you know, as if mother knows best was some sort of unassailable truth. But in fact, it's a lie, a lie, I tell you, you know, yes, at times, a mother knows best. Absolutely true. Also true is, you know, you know, at times a man would be foolish to try to, you know, trample the sensitivities of a mom who's tuned into her child at, at times. But again, you know, per the fundamental laws of the universe, per the natural balance of life itself, it's also true that sometimes the father knows what's best, and the woman would be wise to yield to that, okay? It takes both positive, uh, masculine and feminine energy, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it holds true. I believe this truth, you know, that it takes both. It holds true. You know, whether a mother agrees or not, or whether the father agrees or not, sometimes the man needs to keep his mouth shut and let the mom work. Sometimes the mom needs to keep her mouth shut and let the man work, okay? So, at the root of all of this, uh, ultimately at the root of successful parenting is communication, right? We got to communicate. And... A a child needs to learn to communicate with a mother. A child needs to learn to communicate with a father. Men and women communicate differently. It's important to have both there. And ultimately, this is the root of all successful relationships, this communication. And regardless of the specific dynamics, regardless of whether we're talking about parent, child, husband, wife, or society in general, what we can know for sure is that uncontrolled emotions will shut down communication faster than anything. And again, I hold this up as an irrefutable truth. So if you disagree, tell me. But I believe by failing 
to teach our children how to process and control their emotions, we have inadvertently set society on a collision course with reality. And the result is inevitably going to be chaos. It's the chaos that we're witnessing in society today. But to bring balance to all of this, to restore order, what we need desperately bad is for more good men to step up and be the fathers and the husbands that we were born to be. We must be the rock. We must be the riverbank. We must be kind and gentle, but firm. Friends. We must learn as men to go with the flow at times. Sure, yeah, at times we just go with the flow, but other times we must be the ones to be unemotional, you know, to to redirect the flow of energy toward positive and productive outcomes. In order to restore order, we must balance the feminine with the masculine. We need to do that within ourselves. We need to do that within our homes. We need to do that within all of our relationships. And we need to do that within society at large. The bottom line is it's time to man up. Men, we must man up. You know, to say that American society is suffering from a lack of male energy, you know, that may seem counterintuitive to some people. It may even perhaps seem uh, esoteric and strange, you know. To the woke, it, it probably sounds blasphemous to say that American society is suffering from a lack of male energy. But in reality, as with my wife and daughter, it is precisely this masculine energy, this male presence that does bring peace and order. And if you don't believe me, you could ask my family or you could ask any other well-adjusted family who benefits from having a strong, loving man who's willing to step into the swirling storm of feelings to ground the emotions, to cut the shit, to bring balance to power because emotions are powerful. Are they not? Emotions are powerful. And that's exactly why they're so heavily exploited. Emotions are being exploited by the predatory ruling class. And by marginalizing masculinity, they've allowed emotions to run amok. That is what is tearing society apart at the seams. Too many emotions, too little logic. Too much feeling, not enough thinking. Too much confusion, too much complaining and complacency, not enough certainty and tenacity and action. As men, it's time we man up. Okay, we must stand strong in the storm. We must assert the truth. We must restore balance to power by refusing to succumb to societal whims. No doubt you've heard it said. All it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Friends, the ugly truth is there are fewer good men now than in generations past. And again, it's not by accident. You know, as men... We would be wise to be aware of what's eroding our masculine energy. There are many, many factors, but in simplest form, we need only to re-embrace our role as men. We must confront our fears of emotional backlash, of being called brutes, of, of being labeled a toxic male, of being mocked for the very nature of being a man. Who gives a damn? Man up, you know? Who gives a rat's ass what anyone thinks? You are a free and independent being. Are you not? You have the power of choice. You have confidence and clarity and conviction. You know what the right thing to do is. Do not be afraid to do it. Friends, men in particular, the world needs you now. Are you called to be a husband and father? Man up! Be strong! Be kind! Be a leader! 
for your children if you have any. Be a leader for your wife if you're lucky enough for a, to find a woman who'll put up with you, you know? Your strength in this role, in these roles as, as a husband and father, this is the very foundation of society. Are you called to be a businessman or an entrepreneur? Are you called to be a craftsman, a technician, a rancher, a preacher, a professional, or just an average hardworking peasant? What? What's your role? Man up. Be strong. Be kind. Do your job well, and you will feel proud. Be a leader for yourself. Be a leader for your business, for your crew, for your office, for your cows, for whatever role you find yourself in. As a man, this is your place. Lead by example. And that will go a long way toward restoring balance in society. But friends, in closing, there is one more role that must be mentioned. Else I be remiss. Are you called to be a warrior? Perhaps you were called to be a warrior. Were you born to fight? Do you burn for justice? Do you yearn for freedom? Do you have an innate desire to slay the demons and cast off the tyrants? If that's the case, if that's your heart, then now is the time to be brave, to be bold, to be wise. Right now, the world needs good men to step up and fill all of these roles. And if we fail to do so, if we fail in our duty to do so, our women, our children, our loved ones will suffer immensely. Society will suffer. Humanity will suffer. And it will continue to suffer until the good men do rise up. So where have all the good men gone? Maybe they haven't gone anywhere. Maybe they've just forgotten. Maybe they just needed a little reminder that it's okay to be a man. And now is the time to stand up and be counted. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to the website find the heart, click the heart, give me some love, subscribe if you have not subscribed already, and of course the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.